The cure to a mediocre life? Heck yeah, I want to know. You've done it before, you can do it again. Well, uh, or exercising, though. Shooting and stuff, I mean, I can't do cocaine while shooting exercising. That wouldn't be good. Fine. Knife me. Okay, so how do I do it? You eat it. <gasps> how much? Like a tablespoon's worth. I believe there's a hero in all of us. You have great powers, only some of which you have as yet discovered. I'm a superhero, my A real-life superhero. The world needs extraordinary. We will make you a superhero. Are you ready to become the hero? Initiating surprise in three. This, two, is one. The Real Brian Show. You eat it like a tablespoon or so. <laughs> Woo! Oh boy, that's fun stuff right there. Uh, it's a good thing I've never done drugs, kids, because I actually have no idea what I'm talking. I would be like that kid. What do you do with this cocaine? You eat it. I don't know, like a tablespoon maybe? Oh, welcome to The Real Brian Show. It's your time. It's it's time. It is time. It's your time for your escape from negativity. The positive show where anything goes Got another short solo episode today. Special thanks to Jeremiah for sending me this blog post I'm going to read here in a minute about the cure to a mediocre life. I mean, it's good. And I want to read most of it to you and share some thoughts because, um, yeah, dang. Let's hit record and see what happens and let's rock it. Oh, yeah. Welcome, welcome, welcome to The Real Brian Show. Thanks for joining me. Got a uh, little bit of a fun, short, solo, audio-only episode here. I didn't want to wear any clothes, so I didn't want to do video. I'm sorry. Um, that's just the way it is. I tell you what, you know, one thing about video is that you just kind of have to like show up with clothes on and perform and, you know, you got to look good and everything. And I just didn't feel like wearing clothes. And so here we are. It's just a, you know, a little, little more intimate here. Just the, uh, I, I'm in your ears right here. I'm in your ears. Hey, I'm the real Brian. Thanks for joining me. You know, what we haven't done in a while is uh, this. Oh, come on. Oh my gosh, this is like a blast from the past. Come on, sing along. Thank God it's... Oh yeah, all right, that's it there. I had to bring that one in because, um, my goodness, it's been years since we've done that whole thing, but thank God it's Friday. Like I said, a short episode here, solo episode again, because I don't have any friends, and so therefore nobody wanted to co-host with me, and I asked, and everybody was busy or pretty much said, no, Brian, no thank you. We never want to co-host with you. We want to have nothing to do with The Real Brian Show. And um, I cried. So here I am, but I want to shout out to Jeremiah. Thanks, man. I really appreciate this one. He sent me this blog post. We were chatting back and forth. And <laughs> he's like, okay, so first of all, a little bit of a little background story here. Okay, just uh, gather around now. Get in a circle. Cross your legs. Um, get your favorite drinks, by the way. Favorite drink. Unfortunately, I am doing water today. Nothing exciting, but... I feel terrible right now that I'm just doing water. Wow. Uh, I did just have an, uh, an espresso. That was really good. So thanks for the espresso to you famous coffee shop that no one knows about. So we were talking and I want a, a little background about Jeremiah is that he and I both are very much multi-passionate driven. You know, I've talked about this on the show before. We don't have just one, two or three interests. We have multiple interests and there's just so much. If you're tuning in for the first time, this is what it's all about, you know? 
so many interests. There's not enough time in life. Variety is the spice of life, that kind of thing. And it's the world is not really meant for people like us right now. It's very much meant towards pick one thing and just run with it until you basically die or burn out. And so you look back to like the Renaissance and there were Renaissance men and they had all kinds of talents and abilities and and passions and all kinds of great things. And so I've been on this little quest for many years now to figure out how does a Renaissance person succeed in 2023 or, you know, whatever year it was that I started this journey. And there's not a lot out there for it because this really not encouraged anymore. And Jeremiah struggles with this kind of thing too. He's got a lot of passions, a lot of interests, has a hard time kind of nailing down like, what am I supposed to do for the rest of my life? That's not an easy question, right? So he sent me this article from Dan Coe and I am not familiar with Dan at all. Now I am. And it was incredibly awesome, actually. It was a really encouraging uh, blog post. And so I want to read most of it to you, but I'm going to be sharing thoughts along the way. And it's titled... I love this. The cure for the cure to a mediocre life. And the tagline is become multidimensionally jacked. So I've used the word multi-passionate. I like his term better multidimensional because passionate is just interests. But many of us that are like a Renaissance person type, not only do we have a lot of different interests and passions, but we have a lot of different facets to us. We do a lot of different things. We might have a lot of different talents or whatever, right? You know, put on a different hat and you can, you can do it. You can make it happen. So I love that. Become multidimensionally jacked. I love this. Okay. Let me just read this to you. Okay. I'm going to read it in, in his first person, by the way, this is not from me. This is from him. Here we go. For some reason, I've always had the drive to max out every area of my life. I saw life as a video game. It's pretty cool. Actually, my mind, body, spirit, and finances were the abilities I had to gain experience in. I wanted to become multidimensionally jacked. Maybe because I started questioning the default path early. Yeah, I did that too, by the way. Maybe because I noticed how unhappy, overweight, and miserable people seemed. His words, by the way. But I've noticed that a lot too over the years. In fact, Tim Ferriss talks about the, uh, the fat bald man driving a red convertible or something, having the midlife crisis. Um, he talks about that, like not wanting to become that person, wanting to kind of live life right now and not have that midlife crisis and, you know, go crazy kind of thing. By the way, this guy is, uh, this Dan Co guy is pretty obsessed with fitness. So that's where he's bringing the overweight part. I would like to say though, that I've noticed how unhappy and miserable people seem in general, whether they're overweight or not. I, I, I see this all the time. So good observation, moving, moving forward. His words again, maybe because I observed how people limited their opportunities by taking a specific path in life. Well, and I think some people like that, but then there's others that don't. It didn't make sense to follow what most people do because that would create a life that most people have and it isn't pretty. Oh man, that was interesting. That kind of hit me the first time I read that. I was like, ooh, yeah, I know a lot of people that created a life that most people have and they're not, they're not content. They don't like it. And maybe it's not even a good one. The problem with the default path in life is specialization, compartmentalization and niching down. We are trained to focus on one dot instead of the lines that connect the dots in school. We learn biology, chemistry, math, literature, and more. We go to individual classes that don't connect the dots between them all. It lacks holism, 
creativity, and the kind of practicality that gets abnormal results. That's true. That's my words. <laughs> His words again. After school, we narrow our minds further on what we think we want to be for the rest of our lives. We're expected as teenagers to choose one of the infinite paths in life when we haven't even started our real life yet. How can we know exactly what we want? There doesn't seem to be a greater recipe for misery than to focus on one thing for the rest of your life. Hey, speaking from my personal perspective, I cannot agree with that paragraph more. It is so true. But then again, maybe there are people out there, maybe you're listening, I don't know, that doing one thing for the rest of your life is like the greatest thing ever. I have no idea. But for people that I know, that's like the path to death. Back to his little blog post. This strips our curiosity and creativity from us. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah, that really does. I've had way too many conversations about that, by the way, where people have talked about how they've lost their creativity and curiosity because um, fill in the blank, but it's typically because of what I've already read. It leads to a world where warriors lack brains and intellectuals lack balls. <laughs> His words, not mine, but I'm sharing it. Uh, but it's true. It's true. A philosopher will ignore practical aspects in life because they are unintellectual. But the main question of philosophy is how does one live a good life? If a philosopher can't build a business, ease their mind, or become a social savant, their philosophy means nothing. Scientists will throw a frog in a blender to examine its parts. That'd be kind of fun, actually. Cats and blenders are fun, too. They will make a few discoveries, but not nearly as many if they studied it holistically. Ooh, good point. Rather than only looking at the pieces of the frog, you can study its environment, mating patterns, decision-making, and diet without ignoring one or the other. The effects of compartmentalized learning destroy an individual potential. Then he talks about the modern Renaissance man, which is very interesting, by the way. Um, he has a little diagram here that shows that the digital Renaissance man, and then it's got like points all around it, and it's got curiosity pursuit, digital leverage, physical training, health conscious, socialization, purposeful work, spiritually inclined, and then self-education. I don't entirely know exactly what that's all about, but that's one of his diagrams. Continuing on, at birth, we are prescribed a way of life. Go to school, get a job, find a partner, try to squeeze in activities that make life good, retire at 65, and never work again when work is a necessary part of life that should, in, it should involve investing our attention in what we deem enjoyable. In school, we're told to pick a major. In business, we're told to pick a niche. So we neglect other areas of study and our results suffer. Creativity is the path to wealth mental and financial, and creativity requires a high level of understanding focused on solving specific problems. We are smack in the middle of a second golden age. Oh, interesting. Okay. Okay. There's so much information on the internet that it becomes overwhelming. There's no way that you can learn everything, but you can learn a lot. People still live in a paradigm where they have to get very good at one thing because in the past, that's what the environment required for success. Now, and this is coming from his personal, whatever he's pushing here, now success is reserved for the value creator. I don't know what that means. The specialized generalist, the new renaissance man, the digital renaissance man, somebody who can study diverse interests, create value from them, and sustain an enjoyable lifestyle. Uh, and he teaches something about this. So again, this is, this is his little like business or whatever that he does. We live in interesting times. I think it's interesting that he talked about the new renaissance man or the digital renaissance man. It's like a, a new golden age, a second golden age. I think that's actually really cool. There's an abundance of information 
but it's only overwhelming to those without goals or intentions behind their learning. That's actually really true. I never thought of it like that. Yeah, because if you're just learning, what did they say? Just in time learning. I've, I've learned that before. If you're learning when you need to learn something, it's not overwhelming because you're getting what you need because you have a goal and an intention behind seeking that information. If you're just out there trying to absorb as much information randomly as possible, then yeah, you're going to get completely overwhelmed. The creator economy emerged and courses began condensing the information into actionable business models and life advice. Content courses and books are like mental zip files for the modern world. It no longer takes four to 12 years, $40,000 and a piece of paper to make a replaceable income. But this implies personal responsibility. Hmm. Nobody's there to hold your hand. Here's what he is now suggesting that we should do. Number one, consider that you are, quote, nobody. Become labelless, become everything. Be a designer, writer, marketer, socializer, runner, bodybuilder, philosopher, scientist, psychologist, and polymath that knows how to sustain their obsessive curiosity. Okay. Subscribing to one skill, ideology, and identity limits your potential in every situation. It's true. That's a good point. The universe, whatever you want to call it, is a shapeshifter. It is in constant flow. The oceans evaporate, condense in the clouds, rain down in puddles, and the water inevitably finds its way back. Nothing is permanent. Your cells are completely different from a few years ago. Your interests are allowed to change. There's some permission right there. Let me empower you again there. Your interests are allowed to change. Your mind is allowed to change. You are allowed to change. Okay, number two, the curiosity compass. As a kid, people would discourage going through a phase. This guy. I had my emo phase, my gym bro phase, and even my raver phase, all of which shaped who he is. I'm I'm saying who he is, not me. There's absolutely nothing wrong with experimentation. There's absolutely something wrong with conforming to the whims of others. Now, quick little, uh, I'm going to interject here. Uh, I would say there is something wrong with certain types of experimentation. I'm just going to throw that one out there. You, you can get yourself into trouble with experimenting in certain areas. So I'm going to say there's nothing wrong with, you know, some to most experimentation. Just, just throwing that as a caveat. <laughs> hey, let me go see if killing somebody actually uh, causes any problems. Uh, yeah, don't experiment that way. Not a good idea. Prescriptions, roadmaps, and long curriculums are not bad but they do narrow your mind on a specific outcome with specific advice to reach that goal. This is useful, but should not be treated as a one and done type of deal. That's how you get trapped in a miserable life. Okay. Okay. Think about this for a minute. So roadmaps, curriculums, and prescriptions, they narrow your mind on a specific outcome with specific advice. You can get trapped into a miserable life that way. Yeah. I think I can agree with that one. I have done that. I have actually done multiple different trainings and, you know, coaching courses and other things over the years being an entrepreneur. And most of them, if not, I would say, well, I would say most uh, because not all of them, but I would say every one of them except two that I have ever been a part of have definitely been from the lens of that person, their experiences, their knowledge, their talents, their personality. And so if you do exactly what they tell you to do, then you are becoming essentially a clone of that person. And that's not what we're meant to do. So it's good to learn certain things and then take them and make them your own. So good point. There is one pattern I've noticed both in myself and those I aspire to be like. They don't limit what they learn to one thing. Everything connects. By pursuing what you are curious about, not only are you motivated to learn, good point, but pattern recognition increases good dopamine and solidifies high level knowledge. 
You ever wonder why people, this is me talking. You ever wonder why people struggle in school? Some do, some don't. And then we automatically label, well, that person's a smart person. They're, you know, valedictorian. And then we, we label the person that struggles in school stupid or dumb or special needs or whatever you want to call it. Um, I mean, maybe they actually do truly have special needs, but we do very loosely label people way too quickly. I, I struggled in high school and in my undergrad. I did. I really struggled. I thought I was stupid. I actually did because I'm like, oh, I think I'm a pretty smart person, but I, I'm being told I'm dumb because everybody's telling me that. Then I went and did a master's in business. It was significantly harder than my undergrad and high school. And uh, I, I almost aced it. It just came natural to me because I was also curious about it too. All of a sudden I realized I'm not stupid anymore. I'm actually very smart. And I just wasn't interested in what we had to learn in high school and undergrad and stuff like that. But when I am interested in something, when I am curious about something, I devour it and I become a master at it and I learn a lot about it. And then I, I go and I master that, that skill or whatever, or whatever it is I need to know. Yeah. So I don't, I would caution, I would really caution us to step back and kind of take a look on are people really smart versus stupid or are people just curious? Some people are just good at memorizing useless knowledge too. Let's be honest. But if you're curious about something and excited about it, I'm pretty sure people can learn pretty quickly if they really want to. All right, moving on. Focus on one thing. I'm going to try to, yeah, we're almost done here, just so you know. But I think this is interesting to think about. Focus on one thing is great advice, but only if that one thing is a big, meaty, meaningful goal that requires you to focus on a plethora of interests, skills, and experiences to achieve. My, quote, shiny object syndrome in business is what led to my online persona today. My branding, content, and products are all a unique culmination of my skills and interests. And again, those are his words. It is wise to become obsessively curious about a topic, skill, or interest for one to two months to add it to your mental toolbox. This will only increase your awareness of opportunities as you experience life. That's pretty cool. When you niche down for too long or too far, you become a glorified search engine that lacks depth and personality. Interesting. That's kind of mean, but he's not wrong. <laughs> it's so interesting. And then number three, he talks about investing in your education. In this life, you own one thing, your mind. Everything else can be taken from you. There is one thing that the school system did. They did this right, which is consistent daily education and hopes for a better future. Okay. Okay. Good point. But then he goes on to say, schools don't prioritize curiosity. Oh, that's true. So most people hate learning by the time they graduate. That is so true. I've only had a couple of teachers in my time that have ever allowed curiosity. I mean, I wouldn't even just say teachers. I would talk about too many interactions in life where curiosity is allowed. Most of the time it's shunned and it is almost like you, you get to the point where you feel like you're frustrating people because they don't want like, stop, just stop. I don't want to hear it anymore. So yeah, that's a really good point. Learning is the foundation of the human experience. Hammer it into your head that you must be learning something, anything, every single day. No matter if it's for 10 minutes or three hours, your future depends on it. Okay. Interesting. I'm going to add to that, by the way, personally here. Learning is great, but if you don't apply it, then it's just useless information in your brain, in my opinion. That's my opinion. How else are you going to discover new opportunities if you don't first learn about them? How are you going to act on opportunities that don't exist to you? Good point. When you stop learning, 
your, your life stops progressing. You stop growing the psychological benefits and feel good chemicals stop flowing. Life gets mediocre and repetitive. You become mechanical and robotic. We've talked about learning a lot, but learning means nothing without building. Then he goes on to talk about things in order to become a quote builder in some way or another. So he talks about ways to quote build like got to have a goal. You've got to have a solution if you want to, you know, solve a problem, things like that. So I'm not going to go into the rest of this stuff because it does kind of get into more business level of things uh, that may or may not apply to you. But I just wanted to pull this one out. Now, a couple of things I wanted to say. I told you that this guy's pretty obsessed with with um, fitness. And he also uh, later he talks about how he is absolute, absolutely passionate about teaching. And so, as I said earlier, when people teach something, they're teaching through their own lens of experience, personality, talents, etc. This guy's personality, talents, et cetera, is about fitness and about teaching. And so there's a, a huge focus in on that stuff. And so if you're a teacher mentality, great. If you love fitness, great. If you're not into that, you got to ignore some of the stuff. Um, but I like what he said there. It's very interesting because as I've said this before, I love the idea of being multi-passionate or multi-dimensional. I've talked about being like a Renaissance person before on the show but it is definitely not encouraged. And I would even say a lot of times it's very, very discouraged and almost like you're not going to succeed in life if you go that way. So it's interesting to read this. And it's, it's, for me, it was very encouraging and empowering to read this. What do you think about this? I am actually very curious to know if you're somebody, and I know I've talked to many of you, by the way, who would definitely fall into this multidimensional category for sure. If you're in that category, if that's your personality, does this encourage you and give you a little bit of hope moving forward? Could you step back and say, you know what? I need to embrace my curiosity. I need to embrace like the differing level of, of things that I'm interested in, things that I do and all that. And I'm going to go out there and I'm just going to have fun with it all. And, and I'm going to utilize it all rather than feeling like I have to pigeonhole myself into something. I, I've got something else I would love to share on the show. Maybe I'll do this next week about stuff that I've kind of been learning. Maybe I'll tease this right now that I find myself, especially as an entrepreneur, I don't know, maybe others do this too. I like to volunteer my time. I like to prove myself. I like to give above and beyond. And of course, in business, you're always trying to get out there and just work, 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 work. And you hope that something happens as a result. But I've really come to a realization that over the last year, I have pushed so hard. I have hustled and grinded, except when I took that little sabbatical, grinded. We're going to go with grinded. Ground it. I've ground it really to the point where you get exhausted and then you look back and you go, did that even make any difference? I don't even think it moved the needle. So then you go back to what Tim Ferriss said about do the minimum effective dose and by the way, the minimum effective dose means what is the minimum amount of fill in the blank work or effort or whatever that I need to put in to achieve excellence. So his whole point is perfectionism leads to overworking. It leads to doing more than you really need to. Excellence is what you should strive for. And so what's the minimum amount of something that you need to put into something in order to achieve excellence? And I've been doing the overworking perfectionistic side of things. I've been pushing and trying to prove myself and just, you know, not seeing the results, not nothing's coming from it. So I've been kind of wanting to take a step back and say, what do I need to do right now 
that moves the needle and then that's it. And I can step back and relax and have fun. So I'm teasing that because I think that that could be an interesting topic for the next episode. Let me know what you think about this. Does this cure the mediocre life? Do you want to become multidimensionally jacked? And what do you think about the term being multidimensional in general? And then the other thing that I'm going to ask is, what do you think of these types of episodes? They're not traditional Real Brian Show episodes. I know that. I kind of, well, I very much miss the whole, let's just end the week right. Let's happy hour it. You know, we're just having a good time. We're talking about everything. Unfortunately, I don't have the co-hosts right now to make that a consistent thing. I want to get to that point again. Right now, that's not an option. But I love talking about stuff like this too. I mean, talk about being multidimensional here is that I love the let's hang out. Let's talk about the shows and we're watching and the movies and everything. Let's just have fun. Let's talk about what we're drinking, share stories, laugh and all that. And then on the other hand, it's like, yeah, but this is kind of the serious side over here of me is like, I want to grow. I want to become better. I want to unleash my superhero. Hence why I always talk about what are you nerding out on and how are you unleashing your superhero? It's kind of the same. Like it's part of our encompassing life. My dream here would be to do episodes like this on Mondays, start the week off right, be an encouragement, get the mindset in the right place. And then on Fridays, we end with that. Just nothing serious. Let's just have fun. Let's laugh. Let's talk about what we're watching, getting ready to go into the week and have a good time. Two episodes a week. That's what I'd love to do. I, I've said that before. It is somewhat of a dream. It's just logistically and, and from a standpoint of me doing this all by myself, like that's just not a reality right now. But I want to get to that point. So my question is for now, do you want me to release these on Mondays to kind of, you know, start your week right? Or do you want me just to keep doing kind of random episodes on Fridays? If it's something like this, great. And if it's a episode where, you know, Captain Influence or Caffeinatrix or somebody else joins and it's just a party and you never know what you're going to get. Tell me what you think. Maybe you don't care. I just wanted to bring it up and see if you had any kind of opinion on that because I do value your opinion. I may not listen to it. Um, I'm kidding. I do listen to it. I always listen to it. I do value it. You know what the music means? Yeah, it's time to go. Maybe I'll talk about Ahsoka next week because, um, ooh, Ahsoka. Oh, I watched that first episode. <laughs> oh, yeah. Star Wars is good. All right. Real Brian Show signing off. Have a great week. Talk to you later. The Real Brian Show is a production of 514 Media at 514mediaempire.com.